verse number one. Luke chapter 11 and verse 1. It's been a few weeks. Last week I started, I, I was going to start teaching this lesson. I've been trying to teach lesson five. For, this will be the third week I've been trying to teach it. Last week we didn't even record because I didn't even start where I intended to go. God moved and we dealt with some other things. But uh, Luke chapter 11 verse 1 says, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And so it's from this scripture that we're going to begin, we're going to continue talking about the importance of prayer in our life, um, teaching about prayer, and here in just a little while, we're going to spend some time exercising what we learned this morning. 11 o'clock, we, we, we switch this over into a prayer service, and then 11.30, we're going to start a worship service. Let God have his way today. Amen. I'm excited about what I believe God's going to do in this place this morning. I feel like he spoke to me this morning. I pray that God speaks to your heart, and I can deliver it like he gave it to me this morning. Here this morning, there are several benefits to praying. And we've covered several up to this point, but we, I still want to stick with talking about where we are, we must have a consistent prayer life. We can't, we can't really make it very long without praying consistently. I, I submit to you that we should be praying every day. If we're not praying every day, we're disconnected from our life source. It'd be kind of like, in my opinion, praying for my spiritual man is just as important as having the next breath that you take in. It is, it is that life-giving thing to our spiritual man. And we need to consistently pray. We need to have it in our own life, not wait until we get church to pray, but we need to talk to God on a regular basis. Because the more that we pray, the stronger we become. As the, once we first come into a relationship with God, we, everything's new to us. It's kind of like a newborn baby, right? In fact, that applies because Jesus said you've got to be what? born again. So in order for me to be born again, that, that implies that I have to grow in some uh, form or fashion. And one of those things is the first thing that you need to learn to do consistently is to pray in that relationship so that that relationship with God will stay consistent and it will continue to grow as the days go by. I can promise you that every time that somebody starts getting upset with a friend or, or, or a fellow church member, a fellow saint, a brother or sister in the church, if you start getting at odds consistently with your family, if you can't be at peace in, in your days, I can promise you one thing, 
is that you're not praying like you should. Because your spiritual man has become weak. And your fleshly man is now taken over. And you're operating by your natural desires again. You're operating by how you think and how you react as opposed to how he thinks and how he reacts. Prayer helps me know him better. The more that I talk to him, the better I know him. It's very similar to relationships here on earth. The more that you talk to somebody, the more you get to understand them. Because I can promise you, eventually, you're going to get to know their, their ins and their outs, their desires, their hates, um, um, what, what things they like to do, their favorite color even. Let me tell you, God has many things that he wants to share with us. But he can't share it with us if we're not in communication with him. Prayer is not a single, single avenue where you're sending prayers up and things don't come back. Prayer is a dialogue between you and God. When we pray, we ought to take time. Now, I've, I've taught on all this in the past, but I just want to, I'm trying to recap some of these things. When we, pay, when we pray, we ought not just say, God, I need this, and God, go take care of this situation. God, go and do these things. All that is necessary because if you don't ask him, you're not going to get what you need. That's what Jesus taught. You have not because you ask not. Jesus said, ask and it shall be given. Knock and ye shall, it shall be opened unto you. Seek and ye shall find. All that happens, all of those statements were made while Jesus was teaching about prayer. We were on the way to church this morning and, and uh, I hadn't heard the song entirely until today. But there's a young man named Taylor Fish. He's an apostolic evangelist. He recorded a song called Prayer Closet. Beautiful song. And it may be, it's probably going to end up on my, my prayer playlist. I like to have music playing in the background sometimes when I'm praying. Not all the time, but sometimes. And uh, he talked about how that he loves to go and shut the door and spend time with the Lord. Now, the Lord talked about going to thy closet and pray. He wasn't necessarily talking about go find a coat closet and crawl up inside there and pray in that closet. He was trying to say, hey, you need to go find a place that's, that's secure, something that you can put the, the, the weight of the world away from you, a secret place. I think I, in the back of my mind, it seems like there was a movie made called The War Room or something like that. And, and I, I don't remember. I don't remember if I did. But, but the war room, from what I understood, I, I do remember seeing at least some, some highlights. And it was of an older lady who, was, who, who had a walk-in closet. Tell me if I'm wrong. And she would, in that walk-in closet, she had notes all over the walls. And those were her prayer lists and the things that she lifted up to the Lord. <clears throat> the concept that she had is a beautiful thing. We've got to learn how that we can do those things. There's, there is a book on it. It's right here. It's called the Bible. 
but there are man-made books as well. It talks about it. These ladies are so wound up this morning. I think they had a couple of them. <clears throat> Prayer. Prayer is necessary. Prayer is my lifeline. Prayer, I can't live without it. I don't know how, how many other ways I could say this, but I must have prayer in my life. Now, prayer can be a time that I spend telling God where I'm at in life and what I need. Prayer can also be a time of just worship. Let me tell you something. You can have prayer, and it's going to sound bad. You can have prayer without worship, but you can't have worship without prayer. You can talk to God. You can talk at God. <laughs> but until you are surrendered to him in that meeting, at that moment is when it becomes worship. I want my prayer to not just be me talking to God, but I want it to become a communication with him. A dialogue that goes, I let him know how much he means to me, and he reciprocates that down. And you know how he does that? I heard it, I was at somebody's house yesterday, and they said it this way, man, I feel the glory bumps. Begin to feel his his presence in the room. Feels like goosebumps sometimes. Begins that way. Can I can I admonish you this morning? When you just when you start feeling the goosebumps, let's not stop there. Because now you've you've just stepped into his presence. Let's press on deeper into his glory. Because he wants to commune with you. And I've watched in my own life. The deeper that I go into his glory, the more things that he works out in my life. The more things that he deals with in my heart. Maybe my situation didn't change when I got out of that prayer meeting, but I sure did. And my perspective is now different. How I look at things, how I perceive things. But just like prayer can be a time of worship, prayer can be a time of communication, and, and, and letting God know these are the things, let me say this, a, a time of petition. Does everybody understand what I mean by petition? Making, making request of God. I'm petitioning him. Lord, I need this. I need that. So prayer can be a time of petition. It can be a time of worship. But it can also be a time of correction. Luke chapter 22, verses 31 and 32. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon. Behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. The Lord is talking to Simon Peter. Yes, it was man to man at this moment. Jesus was still looking at him eyeball to eyeball. But I believe it went beyond just the man of the man Jesus Christ talking to Peter that day. And I believe the Lord of Heaven began to speak to Peter and say, Hey, I want you to know 
I'm taking care of him. I'm here to help you. I know that you're struggling with your faith today, but I'm taking care of it. You know, it's important that we pray for one another. Jesus established a, 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 a rule here. He said, look, I know that Satan is longing to destroy your faith, Valerie. But Jesus said, I'm praying that he cannot. And when you have somebody praying for you, hell cannot destroy you. You see somebody struggling, it's time to get down and start praying for that individual. Because your prayers alone can destroy the effects of hell on their life. Because God is everything. God is everything to us. You can leave your time of prayer with a fresh outlook and a fresh experience with God. Prayer is the birthplace of your spiritual renewal. And we need renewal often. I need, let me say it this way, I need, I need spiritual renewal often. Life will drain me quickly. And I'm only a man. But God knows what I need. And God knows how to fill the gaps. And God knows how to strengthen me when I am at my weakest. Amen. It's prayer that gives us the power to overcome the enemy of our soul. And how do we do that? It's by keeping a, a clean, pure heart. Psalm 51 and 10 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew within me a right spirit. I need a right spirit. I need a clean heart. In fact, another scripture tells us, The heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? God does. He knows the, the deepest and darkest thoughts and every intent of my heart. And he knows how to help me overcome those things. Prayer is an evaluation for my daily life. It's in prayer that I can, I can get my spiritual life and my natural life in order. Let me tell you, when the inside is working right, the outside will work just fine as well. That's why you can go back, Jesus stated, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then everything else he'll add to you. He'll take care of you. He said, the lilies your father takes care of. They're out there in the field. He feeds them and they grow and they blossom into beautiful flowers. Have you ever seen the lilies in full blossom? It's a beautiful thing to see. Prayer is our greatest weapon against the devil and our greatest defense against his attacks on us. In fact, if you go to Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about putting on the full armor of God. And after he finishes talking about putting on the full armor of God, he says that we need to pray without ceasing. We have to pray. Prayer helps us understand the power of God and gives us confidence that God will protect us and he will keep us. In prayer, you can get your priorities just right. You can get them straightened out. And you can find direction for your life. 
and both whether it's going to be short-term direction or, or long-term direction, God has a plan for your life. He cares what job you work. He cares what house you live in. He cares what car you drive. Believe it or not, every time that I go, I go to make a purchase that's substantial, I'm going to the Lord. I'm saying, God, I want to make sure this is your will. I prayed for my house. I prayed for each of the cars that I got because I want to make the right decision. I don't want to put myself in a bad situation. I've put myself in bad situations before, Veronica, and I don't want to do it again. I do. But we, the more that I pray, the more I realize God actually cares about the smallest intricacies of my life. And he will get involved in them if I let him get involved in them. Yeah. That's right. The beautiful thing is, he keeps me going but I have to ask him to come and help me. He's not going to step in and force you to do what's right. <laughs> he's going to let you walk the road that you choose to walk because he's a gentleman. But when you say, hey, God, I need your help, he's there. He knows exactly where I'm at the entire time that I'm walking the way that I'm walking. But he don't, he don't show himself until you say, hey, here I am. God, I need your help today. He's faithful. Prayer allows us to confront ourselves spiritually. Prayer allows us to examine ourselves in the presence of God. I said it this many weeks ago, but I'm going to say it again. I believe every Christian or every, every person trying to live their life for God and be pleasing to Him, you need to self-evaluate where you're at on, a, on a, at least a weekly basis. Sit down. What have I done? Where am I at in my prayer life? When's the last time I read my Bible? How many chapters have I read this week? How many chapters have I read of other things this week? I submit to you that everything about God needs to be the forefront of my life. Everything else should become secondary. You say, well, that's, that's crazy because we live in the world. We need to know what's going on. Let me tell you something. God already knows what's going on. He knows what's going to happen next week. He knows what's going to happen a year from now. And just because we didn't know it was coming doesn't mean we were going to stop it. God knows how to help me. Hebrews chapter 12 says we need to look unto Jesus who is the author. You guys understand the significance of that, right? He's the author and the finisher of your faith. He's writing the story of your life. God is. We need to look to him because he knows what's going to be the next thing he writes down on the pages of your life. He knows what tomorrow holds. 
He knows the end from the beginning. He knows where he's going to place you at the end. And as long as you're in the church, I want to make this very clear. I don't believe in individual predestination. I don't believe that the moment you were born, God said, this one's going to heaven, this one's going to hell, this one's going to heaven. You with me? But I can promise you this. I do know one thing that has is predestined to be in the heavenlies. And that's the church. That's the church. You know what the church is? We are the church. That's right. And as we stay together, and as we grow together, together we are the church. The church is what's going to make it to heaven. It's predestined to go to heaven. The only way you're not going to make it to heaven is if you remove yourself from the body. You with me today? That's why it's so imperative that we pray and we stay synced up with him because we want to make sure that we're a part of that heavenly body of Christ. We are his bride and I want to be pleasing to him and I want to talk to the bridegroom on a regular basis. Because when it's all said and done, I want him to be pleased with me. Those of you that got married, right, you wanted to make sure that that one that you love so much that you want to spend the rest of your life with, on that day, you wanted to make sure everything was perfect. Now, things go awry after, after we get married and we learn about each other. I get it. But there was a time that you loved them so much that you wanted to make sure everything in their life was perfect. Even if it made you uncomfortable for a time. Can I get a witness? Even in the hard days. Even in the hard days, we got to make sure that we're, we're staying close together. But even in the hard days spiritually, let's bring this back to prayer. Even in the hard days spiritually, I don't feel like praying. I got too much going on. I have to pray because it changes my perspective. My perspective's not on me anymore. After I finish praying, it's about, all right, God. I see what's going on in my life. Now I can see it from your perspective. And I understand everything's going to be all right if I can just endure but a moment. That's the truth. Prayer keeps the power of God alive inside of us. And it is God's power within us that gives us power over the enemy. You want to you be able to walk in victory? Pray. Pray. Pray often. Pray with power. I'm almost done with this section. So 1 John 4 and 4, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Prayer is a time when you must let God speak to you and let God evaluate your relationship with him. 
must. I said this earlier, and I'm going to say it one more time as I'm closing. On a weekly basis, evaluate our walk with God. During a time of prayer. Not from your own mentality. Not with your own ability to reason. But you need to get into a, a realm of prayer and say, God, where am I at in my relationship with you right now? Mind you, I'm not saying weekly prayer, but I'm saying weekly evaluation. There's a difference. We should be praying every day, but we need to dig deep at least once a week. Let's evaluate where we're at with him. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. We need a consistent prayer life. It's a little after 11. Let's refresh ourselves and let's come back in here. Let's spend some time in prayer today. And let's let God speak to our hearts this morning.